Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh, my God! Would you please tell him that instead of presents this year, I just want my family back. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? It must be magic. I must find some way to keep Christmas from coming. Nobody's walking out on this fun old-fashioned family Christmas. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. And welcome back to another episode of Tis the Podcast, the podcast that's determined to keep that Christmas spirit alive year-round. I am Anthony. I'm Julia. I'm Tom. How are y'all? I thought you were going to say, I'm pretentious and snobbish. I'm also Tom. I was actually going to say, and I'm the deadweight pretentious snob of the podcast, Tom. (laughs) I feel like it's been a while since we've all been on a recording together. Feels like that. Life is busy. It is busy. It's been like two weeks. Yeah. But we did get that nice drop of of the Harry Potter episode, which is How timely were we with that? A few weeks later, they announced the reboot for TV. Thank you. Thank you, Anthony, for scheduling that. (laughs) I think with some (laughs) premonition of an idea, that would be timely very soon. I mean... I try. Rumors yeah. are swirling. Right. So I've got to ask now. I want to follow up on that since we did because br- I was wanting to bring this up. Who can't be replaced from that show? I mean, any of the teachers. Yeah, from my perspective. I mean, it, out of all the out of all the living cast, Professor McConaughey probably would be the hardest for me. Yeah. Uh, I agree. I think I'm I'm convinced Helen Mirren may be able to do it. She's she at least she, she can she can exactly. Uh, I don't think that you can. I think the one that I have the hardest time imagining being replaced is Hagrid. I mean, that's uh, that's the same for me. May he rest in peace. Even if they wanted to bring him back, they couldn't. I know. Right. I don't think they can. I don't think they can. I don't think they're going to get another Hagrid. Tom, yeah. why don't you audition for Hagrid? <gasps> you could be Hagrid. Harry, I could be Hagrid. You, you could, could be Hagrid. Hagrid. Julia could be a Weasley. I'd love to be a Weasley. I'll be a Death Eater. It's cool. (laughs) Nobody's arguing that. I was expecting Anthony. No, you can't be a Death Eater. Be something more interesting than just a Death Eater. Use some kind of Slytherin. That'd be really interesting. Uh, All all I'm saying is this is probably going to premiere in 2025. I take it. We always say we want to talk twice a week. I think we're going to need a Harry Potter spinoff podcast. Uh, I mean, te- <laughs> ten, ten episodes a season, I think we can do it. I'm just saying. Because you know when that uh, airs, we're going to have opinions. I Yeah, I'd I'm say sure no, matter we'll what, we, no matter what, we do that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, Let's see, 2025. Stay- I only have two kids in the house then. I'll probably have all the time in the world. There you go. 2025 i'll probably be you know comforting a baby or something while you guys are like freeing up your time a bit because your kids are older that's true (laughs) i'm putting you true ever since we talked about who we would play i'm just picturing you in a wig playing bellatrix not gonna lie 
<laughs> That's I don't know how to process that since I had a crush on Bellatrix. Helena Bottom Carter? Well, Bellatrix in the books. Mm. So Aubrey Plaza, get your audition she's, tape in. She's one of those people that's done absolutely amazing work and really iconic roles and been able to switch and not get typecast. Who? Oh, yeah. Helen Helen Bonham Carter. Carter. I mean, she's kind of typecast as a loony bin. Mm, She plays eccentrics. She also played Princess Margaret on The Crown. That was different for her. That's what I was thinking. That was a pretty big role. Mm -hmm. First time I remember seeing her, she was Marla Singer in Fight Club. I remember that. She was great in that movie. She was topless in that movie. She was not. With a body double? She, Yeah, I knew that because in an interview, she made a comment that she just wished her breast looked like that. Uh, ah. I <laughs> <laughs> and I laughed. I mean, she, she, gives a, she gives quirky interviews, too. And she's made comments about Dan Rad when he was in that play where he got full frontal. Equus? Yep. I saw that on I Broadway. Mean, her married to uh Tim Burton. Yes. Oh my gosh. Well, well they're broken up. Oh, they are. And they were oh, not they married. Are. They were just very, very long lifetime partners. But they never actually married. Okay. And had they actually had two two London townhouses that were connected and lived in separate houses. That's true, by the way. You can look that up. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> Christina and I have talked about that numerous times. Like when we're older, we'll just have duplexes that have a shared door. <laughs> we can hang out and do whatever and then have our own space because she likes to have a lot of things and I'm extremely minimalist. There's this old retired guy in a building down the street. Uh, his wife is passed on now, but they owned apartments across from each other. Like they would have dinner together, hang out and everything, but at night, retire to their separate places for a long time. That's so funny. Um, so I have a question for you, y'all, regarding the Harry Potter reboot. So mm-hmm. you're HBO fans, obviously. You guys love The Last of Us and all their premiere television. HBO does a cool thing where sometimes they'll do a completely one-off episode in the middle of a series focusing on different characters, like they did with Ron Swanson in The Last of Us, right? Right. What would you like to see Harry Potter, the Harry Potter series? Who would you like to see the Harry Potter series do that? No one. I do. I think the good thing with the I, TV show is you can get different perspectives. I want it to be 100% with canon. What about you, Julia? Um, I want more Weasleys, but like the Weasleys that are canon, I would be perfectly like, I want to see him weeding the garden. I want to see that. With the gnomes? Like for real. It's one of my favorite scenes in, in all the books. And I really want to see that. I want the very first episode of the series to follow Lily and James and then end with their murder by Baltimore. Ooh, like a solid flashbacky yeah. Can montage James be a jerk? sort of thing. That'd be great. Can we see James bullying people? Uh, yeah, I want, the, I want that proper flashback scene in Snape's memories where they bully him by the lake. Yeah. 
We should do a Patreon episode where we each pick five scenes from the book series we want them to include in the movie, in the show. That would be fun. Okay, I guess fun. I'd want to see a I'd want to see a Molly Weasley. She's she's low key BA. Mm, yeah. Low key BA. She killed Bellatrix. She's I not... know. But before that, would you have ever imagined she would have been the one to pull it off? Like, what's her mm-hmm. backstory to make her so like she kills Anthony? You know, she's a mother. <laughs> she's a mother. I know, but, but I think she has to have a cooler ba- a cool backstory somewhere. You know what scene I really want? There are two scenes I really want with the Dursleys. One where Mr. Weasley and the twins and Ron pick Harry up for the Quidditch World Cup and the twins feed Dudley that toffee that makes his tongue grow and it's just mayhem. And I know what your second one is. Guess it, Julia. Well, it's where um, Dursley's all grown up and he asks, he tells Harry, sorry for being such an a-hole. No, although I want that too. It's <gasps> where, it's I want to see I that. that. I must see that one. It's where Dumbledore comes to pick Harry up at the Dursleys. Oh, and yeah. he's just so like super polite no matter how rude the Dursleys are for him. Mm-hmm. Until he yeah. like lays into them when they're leaving. Like the only good thing that could be said about how you treated Harry is he escaped the damage you did to that poor boy sitting between you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like a Dursley redemption arc. I'm with you on that, Julia. Yeah, that was a real missed opportunity, I think. And it Snape's was. memories in book seven, that needs to be a full episode. Maybe an entire episode of his memories. Yeah. Just like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. TV's like the perfect form for this. It is. Do you think, do you think they'll be able to get Adam Driver to do Snape? Oh I, gosh, hope I hope so. He's the right age. He's the right age. He needs a new franchise now. He's not in any franchise right now. No, it's like almost having the EGOT. Well, no, it's just Star Wars and Harry Potter. Right? He hasn't been any of the other big ones. How much bigger do you get? Star Wars and Harry Potter. That's what she said. Did y'all watch House of Dragon? Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, you like loved it last for the first season me yeah didn't you you were all I house of dragon is way better than rings but oh never mind well, well, now like they're the getting couple. another spinoff too they are i'm more excited about that one well, who is this one follow it's the hedge knight the book the hedge knight right it's titled a knight of the seven kingdoms the hedge knight hmm. Hmm. i just really got creeped out i i mean I don't know if y'all know this about me, but incest is not something I'm like a big fan of. Uh, I mean, I did not know not that. Not so about much you. a fan of. <laughs> I, I completely got the opposite opinion. Oh, that's weird. No, um, in the original Game of Thrones, at least it was consensual adults, as gross as it was. But the spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't watched it and plans to turn this off. But when he's hooking up with his niece, yeah, yeah, uh. I um I was very excited that they released a first look trailer for the Penguin HBO Max series, which looks awesome. Oh, I haven't seen that <laughs> one yet. I mean, Colin Farrell, yes, give me that show now. And I'm excited because y'all know how I'm big a big Conjuring fan. They're doing a Conjuring TV series that they said continue. What's that cover? 
They said it continues the story from the movie. So I want to know, does that mean Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga are going to be in it? Oh, that'd be cool. That would be cool. So. Who's producing that one? WB. This is all HBO stuff. Oh, they could totally get those yeah. actors. Yep. Vera yeah. Farmiga, by the way, I've said this before, but she's like so cool. I just saw her on stage on instagram at a slipknot concert like doing the song what (laughs) for fans of wicked director john chu of that movie released the first shots of alphabet and galinda from that movie Ooh, very moody shots kind of far away shots but enough to tease them i'm very excited for that that's my favorite broadway show ever so Who's playing? Oh, yeah. How do you say it? It's not Alphaba. Alphaba? Alphaba. Centennial Revo. Amazing. It's Alphaba and Galinda. Galinda? Galinda is her actual name. And then she changes it to Glinda. Oh, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Goldblum's playing the wizard. Oh, my gosh. So you can't. And what's her name? Your favorite? Michelle. Yeah, she's playing yeah. Madame Marvel. Michelle Yeoh. Very excited. We started watching that American Auto show you told me to watch. You like it? I do. I'm not as excited about it, but I know that doesn't mean anything because those things change. But it's funny. As it goes along. I mean, it's like a lot of comedies. The first few, like, especially the first season. But it's funny. I like it. What have you been watching pop culture rise, Julia? Um, I'm well behind on most things as usual. So I finished the second season of True Detective and wow, that was poorly written. Talk like, about a dip in quality. I don't know if they were trying to go like old moody cop it was bad it was really bad although in the end it was odd to feel some feeling for Vince Vaughn's character so they had a little lightning in a bottle I guess because I hate that guy (laughs) at the end I felt really bad about him um but um started the third season and I'm actually really enjoying it but I really love the acting um the main characters in that one Third season is so. definitely better than the second, but nothing yeah. has topped the first yet. Although I'm yeah, excited for the new difficult. season coming out with Jodie Foster. Oh, there's a new season coming out? They yeah. released a trailer for that during HBO's big special presentation, she too. Ah. Mm-hmm. Love Jodie Foster. Um, other than that, let's see. I'm staying up to date with The Mandalorian, which I really like this season. Are you up to, you're fully up to date? I'm fully, because they drop Wednesdays, right? Yes. So yes, until tomorrow. Tom's Tom's not? You're not Tom? No. Nope. Tom's not. Earmuffs for a second, Tom. Earmuffs, and we'll motion you. How cool. I get to be in on this. I know. (laughs) How how cool is it that Grogu has a robot body now? Oh my gosh. (laughs) And the no button? No, no. No, no, it's so funny. I love it so much. Me it's too. like it's so funny that Pedro Pascal's got like a total niche right now of the dad. I know. 
makes me just laugh. But I'm loving the season. It's super fun. And I like the idea of all the Mandalorians coming together, all the different factions of them. And it's great. I mean, yeah, I do too. Loving it. I'm I'm excited. Me too. So yeah, you gotta catch up, Tom. Uh I am. I think we're three episodes behind, two episodes behind. Uh, I'm excited for the Muppets Mayhem. Oh my gosh. That, that looks so show good. looks so good. That looks so good. It really does. I'm so excited about that one. That's going to be great. And y'all know I'm not a fan, usually, of the Electric Mayhem band overall. Right. I I love the look of this show. Yeah, this looks so, so good. When is it premiering? May 10th. So I'm going to get probably some really good merchandise at Disney for (laughs) that show. Uh, Well, I'm excited. Putting this out here right now because I'm probably gonna love this show if you oh, see I'm doing anything. Some Christmas shopping at Disney. There you go. <laughs> there will be Christmas <laughs> shopping done at Disney. Just I count uh, on like every other year. Your and the good gifts are going to be Disney related. Disney. Yeah. <laughs> and the good thing about Muppets Mayhem, Disney's releasing them all on the same day. So they're not doing week to week like all their other shows. Bless. Love it. I love it. Can't handle that week to week nonsense. It's too difficult. I know. That's why we let the Mandalorian get behind because Ellie and I will watch a few at a time. <laughs> yep. It is very. It was the only way to watch The Last of Us. I couldn't have pulled those weeks in between. The succession's on its final season, and it's torture waiting week to week. But I have yeah, to because of all the spoilers to. that are hitting I don't even the know internet. What, that means. what the spoilers? <laughs> No succession. I don't even know what that is. Christine's like, I keep it. Everybody's talking about succession. We should watch it. I was like, Anthony's really into it. I don't want to. How dare you, sir? How dare you? And then she's like, Oh, yeah, me neither. No, no. Just kidding. You know what? Someone. You told me me to watch American Auto and I watch it the same day. So you know that's not the truth. I was about to say, someone on this podcast appreciates my recommendations for the most part. Yeah. Does that stand true tonight? Perfect segue. Let's find out. <laughs> tonight, we are covering the 2021 AMC Plus original film, Silent Night. Second time we are covering an AMC Plus movie. And it just happens. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm, already bored. I'm already bored. <laughs> A week after Christmas of the Candles. Two weeks after, because we were off last week. Yes, two weeks after Christmas of the Campbells. So, quick plot synopsis. The film features a group of friends who reunite for one final Christmas right before an ambiguous apocalypse will wipe out all of humanity. So, quick histories of this film before we dive into the casting credits. Tom. I watched it. I waited until the last minute. Watched it as soon as Anthony said he was done watching it. Well, I can't say I waited until the last minute because Julia watched it after me. True. Julia, uh, I was wanting. Oh, oh! I thought I thought you had finished. Go, 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 go on. I was, I was, he was I was, super offended. I, I was feeling like, oh man, I really want a good Christmas feel. Silent Night sounds like it's going to be good. I turned it on, and no, <laughs> done. Are we okay, Julia. I'm, I'm done. Um. Okay. So this one I had seen previews for or trailers for prior to it coming out and was actually really excited about it because the cast looked really great 
storyline looked intriguing. Um, and I don't know, these quirky takes on Christmas stories are not the Christmas story, but a story set at Christmas are always interesting to me. Um, so didn't get a chance to watch it. Shocker watched it today. And I mean, I think I liked it. I think I liked it. There are definite aspects to it that I liked very much. Yeah, so I saw it for the first time today as well. I owned it for two years. Uh, <laughs> I've been meaning to watch it, but it's one of those things where life gets out of the way. And then around Christmas, you spend so much time catching up on the classics, you don't really hit the new stuff. So mm -hmm. I was glad to finally have a chance to sit down and watch it today. And I'll watch it again because I really liked it. So let's get into it. So okay. This is directed by and written by Camille Griffin. Now, if you look up Camille Griffin, this is her only major film she's ever done. She's only done shorts before this. Mm -hmm. So the music was done by Lauren Balfi. Um, he's a British composer who worked with Hans Zimmer. You'll have heard his music. He did Terminator Genesis, Mission Impossible Fallout, 13 Hours, Secret of Benghazi, Penguins of Madagascar, The Crown... So he's done a lot of cool stuff like that. This film stars, it has a pretty big cast of British alumni. Uh, Kira Knightley, the most well-known person mm -hmm. in this movie. Where to start with her? She's in Pirates of the Caribbean, Pride and Prejudice, Anna Karina, Atonement, uh, The Phantom Menace, Bend It Like Beckham, Love Actually. So we've covered her before. Remind us, are we Kira Knightley fans? I like Kira Knight. I like her. Meh. Well, Roman Griffin Davis plays her husband. No. Matthew Good no, plays Good. her husband, Simon. And he was in Confessions of an Ugly Stepsister, Imagine Me and You, Match Point, Chasing Liberty, Brideshead Downton Revisited. Abbey, right? Yes, Downton Abbey. Watchmen, he played Ozymandias for Watchmen fans. Uh, he was he in The did. Crown. Yep. And he was most recently, he starred as Professor Matthew Claremont in A Discovery of Witches, which I loved those books, never watched the TV show. Huh. Um, so I like this guy generally. I think he's a he has a charisma about him. Are you guys fans? Yeah. Love this guy. He's super British. I appreciate that. 100%. Playing one of their three sons is Roman Griffin Davis. He does not have many credits to his name, but you'll all know him from Jojo Rabbit. He played Jojo. I'm pretty sure that is literally the only thing he's done besides this. Uh, talented, kid, talented kid, I thought. And you all know I'm not big on kid actors, but I thought he was pretty good. Yeah, he was great. Uh, Annabelle Wallace plays Sandra. Nell's sister. Uh, she, people will recognize her from the Annabelle films, Malignant. She was in The Tudors. She was in the Tom Cruise remake of The Mummy. She was in Peaky Blinders. She looks very different with dark hair versus blonde hair. But yeah, I think she's a pretty good actress in what I've seen her in. I only really know her from horror stuff. So. Mm -hmm. Lily Rose. You didn't Depp. watch Peaky. You didn't watch Peaky Blinders. Oh, you know what? I did. Okay, that's a good show. I was gonna be. I was gonna be surprised. 
Yeah, that's a good show. You should add that to your list, Julia. Okay. Uh, Lily Rose Depp plays Sophie. Um, so Karen Knightley's working with another Depp in this movie. She is Johnny Depp's daughter. She was in Tusk, which is still the most disturbing Kevin Smith film, in my opinion. Have y'all seen that? Tusk? No. Where Justin Long Kevin gets turned, turned into a walrus. What? Like, literally gets kidnapped by some old guy who feels guilty for killing a walrus for survival back in the day. So he breaks Justin Long's knees and sews him in a walrus blubber. It's disturbing, yeah. What? Yeah. That sounds weird even for Kevin Smith. <laughs> it was weird. This is Kevin, like, like Kevin Silent Smith? Bob. Kevin Smith? Yeah. Yeah, he directed and wrote it. Johnny Depp's actually in it on an unre- as an unrecognizable, overweight French detective. Haley Joe Osmond's in it. But yeah, Google just along Walrus if you want to see what he looks like. Is this like a comedy or kind of dark? I mean, I mean, I guess it's a dark comedy, but I don't like it. It was a little too disturbing for me. I mean, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I watch a lot of disturbing stuff, but the ending's just sad. But is that Brian Cranston? No, never mind. Just kidding. It's not Brian Cranston. It's Michael <laughs> Parks. Never mind. It's is that the picture where he's leaning against the walrus? No, I haven't gone to that no. yet. <laughs> so choices were made. Choices are made. Movie. So Lily Rose Depp did Tusk, Planetarium, The King. Uh she doesn't have a lot of her name. She's gonna star in the remake of Nosferatu coming out next year. Hmm. Opposite Skarsgård, who's playing Nosferatu, of course, because he's going to play uh, every villain obviously. known to mankind, <laughs> including Voldemort, if Tom and Julia have their way. <laughs> did I say him for for Valdi? I don't remember. You both, you both did. Yep. Kirby Howell Baptiste plays Alex. She was in Killing Eve, Downward Dog, Why Women Kill, The Sandman in 2022. Uh, she's been in Barry, she was in Love, both great shows, The Good Place, another great show. Veronica Mars, which a lot of people liked. Oh, yeah. Soap, no, is it Soap? Soap Derisu plays James, Sophie's husband. Mm-hmm. He was in Gangs of London, The Huntsman, Winter's War, Sandcastle, Criminal. He was in His Dark Materials. He did the voice of Sergi. Hmm. He was in the episode Black Mirror. Rufus Jones plays Toby. He was in Thomas and Friends, The Great Race. He was in Paddington. I love Paddington. The third one's being shot right now. Oh, I hope it's as good as the first two. He played Teddy Roosevelt before. He was in Midsommar Murders. And then... Lucy Punch is probably one of the bigger face, more recognizable faces in this, even if you don't know her name. You'll have recognized her. She was in Hot Fuzz. You will meet a tall, dark stranger. Ella Enchanted. Dinner for Schmucks. Into the Woods. Bad Teacher. Motherland. And if you watched Netflix's A Series of Unfortunate Events, she played Esme, the secondary villain. And then the only other people worth mentioning... Yeah, I like her as an actress in general. Mm -hmm. And the only ones worth mentioning is Davida McKenzie plays Kitty, the spoiled daughter of Tony and Sandra. 
And Hardy and Gilby Griffin Davis, the director's two sons, play the twin sons of Simon and Nell. So. I think it's funny that Hardy's name really is Hardy. I love when they do that. Yeah, I do too. But Gilby, no. Because Gilby's weird. I don't know. Like, why? What was that? Like, a conscious... They're his own kids. <laughs> I just think I, that's so funny. Or they're, it's her own kids. I just think that's funny. Yeah. There's also a little cameo from Sting's wife. There is. She's who also... Who we will know from Friends. As the mom Phoebe right. wanted to. That's now, right. Phoebe was disappointed she showed up to the parent-teacher thing instead of... Staying. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's dive right in here. So, if you know nothing about this plot, this movie opens up in traditional Christmas fashion. Everyone's heading... Everyone seems to be in a good mood, apart from some holiday jitters, which you assume is due to the stress of the holidays. And they're all heading toward Nell and Simon's house to stay for Christmas. Um, the beginning is really fun. They're all in their separate cars. They're all singing um, Michael Bublé's Christmas sweater song. Um, I really liked the opening of this movie. What did you all think? Yeah. It's... It was the British Christmas movie opening. Which to say is great. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I like the the under the gentle undertone that like in the downturned eyes periodically that you can see there's like there's like something going on. So like if you do come in, in this one come completely cold into this movie, like it's enough for you to be like, why does everybody seem like weird? Why is everybody weird? Yeah, you might assume it's like family drama or something. If you go mm -hmm. in cold, you're not gonna automatically jump to the end of the world. Uh, right. So but immediately we get the sense that this Christmas is different. It's a special occasion. Everyone's dressing in formal wear. The kids are very happy because they're allowed to swear this Christmas. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and I mean, it's it, it's not too long. It's not too far into the movie. What, maybe 15 minutes before it's revealed what's going on, right? And it's... Right essentially an environmental disaster is causing the end of life on the planet. So the British government has issued suicide pills. It's to the their... Russians. <laughs> yeah, well, I love that. I love that the parents blame the Russians for the kids. <laughs> uh, but essentially, the British government is issued suicide pills so people can die with dignity uh, on their own volition rather than waiting to die painfully. We assume painfully via this disaster. And you know, it gets into some class uh, politics here because apparently the British government only offered it to middle and upper class families and not lower the homeless or anything like that. Well, well they just the call people, out... They didn't offer it to the people who were, weren't legal residents, that they didn't exist in the system. Right. So they didn't call out lower class. They just called out homeless and illegal immigrants. Yep. Which... Yeah, well, close exist. to home, I feel. I could see governments doing that in that situation. Same. Um, and, you know, there are comments about the government, how the queen is probably hiding in her bunker safe, like, you know, whatever. Queen Elizabeth, rest in peace, she was still alive at the time. Hmm. Yeah, and essentially everyone's heading to this house because these are all 
they're all siblings or friends and they made a suicide pact. They're all going to kill themselves together and give the pills to their kids and just go peacefully into the night. Um, the only one who is showing any concern over this is Sophie, who is James's much younger girlfriend. And she has just discovered she's pregnant and she's not sure she wants to take the pill and kill her child out there. Right. She's yep. American. I didn't, I didn't, you know what? I did not even notice that watching this film. No accent. Whether that is means she's American or not, she does not have an accent. It probably does mean she's American, but you know, I didn't even pick up no accent watching the film. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I like Sophie as a character. She doesn't, she's, I do too. She also doesn't feel like it's right that they're lying to the kids about what's happening. Well, only the one couple is lying to their kids for the most part about what's happening. And that's Kira Knightley and Simon, Nelena Art. Right? No, what are they lying about? No, they're telling Nella the kids Simon. to stay off social media. It's it's yeah, Sandra. They're still, yeah, they're, they're still saying it's the Russians. No, no. Sandra and Tony were telling Kitty it was the Russians. I okay. don't think... Uh, I didn't think that was them lying so much as believing alternate news sources. I could see that also. Well, oh, no, they were I... shifty-eyeing. They were like, everybody shut up. You know, we have this good thing going so I think the parents knew, but because the dad looked guilty. Tony looked guilty when it came out. Hmm. Kitty reminded me of what's... Kitty reminded you of Veruca Salt? There you go. Yep. Yeah. Is that not the vibe you got? I clearly got it because Tom knew who I was going to say right away. Yeah. Um, she's very spoiled. She's very like... I mean, she walks in on her cousins Ugh. having like a bath and she's like, you have to let me see. <laughs> which super weird super weird super weird <laughs> um anyway but she gets you know she wants this big old talking doll for christmas she's spoiled mm -hmm. she does not like her mother either she refuses to give her mom a hug and right because mom lied to her about the kind of pudding they were gonna have for christmas well and mom just seems disengaged anyway well, like sandra's lie, pretty friend, awful like the friend forgot it She's like, oh, I forgot to make the sticky toffee sticky toffee pudding. pudding. She's good. She's gonna be so upset. Yeah, and Nell, who's Kira Knightley, who's throwing this whole shebang, she really wants this to be a night of love and peace, inner peace and forgiveness, and you know, again, it's your last night on Earth, so mm -hmm. let's make the most of it. Who else shows up? So we have Simon and Sandra, who are Kitty's parents. We have Art and Sophie, who are dating. We have Bella and Alex, who, they're the lesbian couple. They're married, right? <laughs> Bella's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, describe Bella, Julia. Oh, she's brash and just kind of devil may care about everything. And she's a great comic relief for her two other counterparts right and i still don't fully understand if these three girls are sisters uh nell sandra and bella are they all sisters i thought sandra I so. definitely was sister to nell i didn't know about bella though 
Okay. Then why did Nell go to call her mom by herself? That well, but they also argue about involving mom, and they're like, "You didn't." Oh, yeah, oh yeah. but I thought you were going to, but you didn't, and I don't. I I got the sister mm. vibe from them. Yeah, I somehow I'm confused whether or not Bella was related to them as well, though. Yeah, maybe. maybe, maybe not. I could see it. They all kind of favor each, except for Kira Knightley with the dark hair. But um, no, Bella's just, she calls it like it is. And she's excellent comic relief because Sandra is the uptight, make everybody love her, right? And so she has these very selfish feelings um, about who she should have slept with in the past and all of this, while Nell is a very motherly character she just is trying to make everything perfect um which i liked the echoes between feeling that way when you're in that role trying to make everything perfect for christmas trying to make it perfect for your kids and trying to make it perfect just in general and like failing the one night but then to amplify that with that's it it's the last christmas and trying to make everything perfect was a really nice uh you know the way they played that was really nice yeah, And it'll come up again when we talk about, is it a Christmas movie? Is it a movie set at Christmas? Why does it make sense to set it at Christmas? Why did it not make sense to set it at Christmas? All that. Well, that's why I thought when I was watching it, I was like, so when Tom texted, spoiler alert, that he didn't like this movie, I was like, I think Julia probably will. I was thinking to myself, <laughs> because it is the dysfunctional family. It still is that traditional mm-hmm. dysfunctional family Christmas, just amplified with, it's not just Christmas, it's the end of the world. Right. So right. So and there is a lot of dysfunction that you would expect in a normal Christmas movie or just family movie where everyone's getting together. So we mentioned before Kitty gets a doll for Christmas that resembles her, and she's so thankful to dad, but won't hug mom, mm-hmm. uh, which upsets Sandra. Um, Sandra is drunk. And you just mentioned it in passing, Julia. She starts trying to, they want to talk about who they've slept with in the past. And she asks her sister's husband, no. No, they're just, James is just a very close friend of the family. Right. Yeah. Okay. So she asks her friend, oh, why didn't we sleep together back in the day? And her husband, Tony, Mm -hmm. gets upset. And like, you know, he claims he never made a mistake, but Bella then outs that they had sex when after he started dating Sandra, which I found very funny. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as this is going on, Alex, who is Bella's wife, kind of feels left out. She over drinks and ends up passing out, which will come back later. Right. And, and you get the, did you get the sense that she was, had been sober for some amount of time? approaching this night and then ends up drinking yeah which if it's the last night on earth i totally get why people would just go off the wagon if they've been sober in anything for that age it's your last night you know make the most of it whatever however you want to celebrate it um and of course all this is all going on art who is is a very sensible young child and sensitive young child he's like why are we even bothering to give gifts tonight? This is ridiculous. You know, we're not going to be here tomorrow. And he gets super upset mm-hmm. and runs out of the room. His anger revolves around him feeling like he's not been given a choice. And it's stoked by Sophie because yes. like you said, Sophie finds out she's pregnant. And so she's made the choice not to take the exit pill because she doesn't want to hurt her kid. 
Well, not and only like, that, yeah, she, she makes that choice, and then she's pissed off even more when she finds out everyone at this house she was taking to made the pact. They're all going to take the pill because she wasn't right. told about that upon coming. Right, and she has obviously she has vocal problems with parents making that choice to kill their kids when if you put yourself in the parents frame of mind they don't see it as them killing their kids they see it as a kindness and saving their kids from a thing so you've got this you've got this parent strife that you would have in a normal christmas setting if you remove the apocalypse aspect of it right where you if you commingle these groups of people right you have the young pregnant girl with no idea what it's like to actually have kids and then you have these older parents with lots of kids that have a good idea of what it's like to have kids and how those mindsets are different and one can't say that the other one's doing it right or wrong or vice versa Mm -hmm. yeah that's a very good analysis but that's what art is struggling with yeah and of course Nell and simon are pissed that sophie even dared talk to them in private about that. And right. they tried to talk to Art like, no matter what, you know, you can either take the pill and uh, peacefully go with the rest of us, or even if somehow you survive not taking the pill, you're going to wake up alone and everyone you love is going to be dead. And they're just very yeah. honest with him about yeah. that fact because they're trying to get into his mind, you have to take the pill. We're giving you the pill. You're not right. going to say no. Right. And Art is not okay with this, and it kind of comes upsets him and comes to a head after they video chat with Grandma to say goodbye. Right. Which because the they, the gas is coming early to Grandma. Yeah, right. And they she notices the gas will talk to them and cuts the conversation short and to go take her pill and go off. And Art's really upset. He wants to call her back, and Dad's like, "Yeah, no, we can't, yeah. we can't." And so what does Art do? Takes off. He runs away. Yep. Runs he away. runs away into the woods and discovers something pretty traumatizing. He discovers a family, a car like kind of crashed over on the side of the road and the family inside of it is dead. They took the pills. It was like mom, dad, baby. Baby. And Little baby. He, you know, he screams, there are you see the gas in the distance coming there are little tornadoes and everything and simon finds him and rushes back to the house and tells everyone to get inside and right you know it's past midnight it's time to take the pills because the gas is almost here right they all kind of separate into their separate rooms art has already passed out and we assume he's dead or something from the gas right that's right yeah we get this you kind of figure out pretty quickly that the gas the gas has affected him because when he was in one of those little like tornado things that you hear on the news broadcast preface the actual arrival of the gas you could like see him breathing it in mm-hmm. and so it's more than and just shocking right yep. exactly well yeah they're holding him because they think he passed out from like stress or whatever and then they yeah. they're like how to take your pill and he's like bleeding from the mouth and eyes and they think he's died so right. they kind of settle him on the bed. With... They they get the only logical thing they could do. They pile the whole family in the bed with dead kid. Yeah. Yeah. I actually kind of like this scene when they're trying to get their other two kids to take the pill. And they're like, oh, you promised us a Coke. And dad runs to get the Coke. 
and it's not cold enough, so he has to run back and get a cold coke. I actually kind of found right. that really funny. That's I don't have kids, obviously, but that seemed like it could be relatable to parents. Uh, yeah, I, that was definitely the play on the dark comedy. This one yeah. is for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Those kids were like the worst, though. I couldn't <laughs> help. It was still a sea of misbehaved children that you know, <laughs> like fires me up usually, but. <laughs> Meanwhile, Sandra and Tony take the pills, and so does Kitty, but Kitty realizes I left my doll downstairs, and she runs out to get it, and when she comes back, both parents are dead, or right. at least passed out at that point, and she crawls between them and finally hugs her mom, like she cuddles up yeah. against her mom. Yeah, that was and the you... worst, man. Yeah. Huh? The mom just wanted her love the entire time, and she was just... Yeah. the worst. A lot of these characters are insufferable. Uh, James guilts Sophie into taking the pill because he says, if you're not taking it, I'm not taking it. And yeah, that gets her, that pressures her to take it because she'll feel bad if he dies a painful death yeah. with her that way. So they take the pill together. Poor uh, Alex wakes up <laughs> and it's kind of too late for them to take the pill. So Bella stabs her. Well, no, well, she took okay. It. She so, took it. Oh, but then she vomited it up. Yeah, she, right. She threw because up. Yeah. she's total slosh. And Lucy was just trying, or not Lucy. Um, Bella was, yeah, just trying to make sure that she was cared for as well. Mm-hmm. She ends up puking well, it up. And <laughs> there's a problem with this. One of the more painful ways to go is like stomach trauma. In the, Sunday. in the stomach. Stomach trauma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you're supposed to look at it and be like, well, she she really did love her because she was just trying to make sure, you know. And so, yeah, they all have taken the pills or got stabbed and they're all in their separate bedrooms to die. And then the next morning, we kind of get a pan through the house and everybody's dead. And we zoom in on Art, whose eyes snap open. Mm-hmm. And then we end. And he was the only one who didn't take the pill. So somehow mm-hmm. he survived being out toxins and he lived and you kind of feel bad for him because one of the last things his mom or dad said was, you know, you can either take the pill or if you somehow survive, everyone around you that you love is going to be dead and gone. Yeah. Yeah. Do we know that he woke up sentient? Are we sure this wasn't some sort of zombie? The happening situation? Zombie? Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> That's the whole thing, right? Is it's open-ended because they could have a sequel, because they could follow many routes, and because it's just this is one of those movies that exists to make you think, right? It pushes buttons from the places where people are, and it's trying to get you to spiral into what that would be like for you. Yeah. So what it is. I mean, it did make it did make you think about all the yeah. immigrants and illegal people who weren't getting the pills, who were just going to have to die painfully. They mm-hmm. mentioned how the queen and high level government officials were probably just riding it out underground, and they'd come out when it was safe again. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them are left to make this choice: you know, kill yourself right. or risk dying more painfully, or live, but everyone around you is dead. Right. Not an easy just awful choice to make, obviously. Right. So so this is probably my only problem with the movie in general. Mm-hmm. It is I think it had a hard time focusing on a thing. Because yes. it 
it it never decided if it wanted to stay leaned into the horror aspect of the choice and what was happening around him, or if it wanted to lean into the family dynamics of just, you know, a family going through it versus the actual event itself. And that created whiplash a little bit to a point where, and you're probably supposed to question if, if there really is a deadly gas coming or, you know what I mean? Or, you know, if it's like a black mirror situation where people are population being... control or something. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you're probably supposed to wonder that throughout the movie, but I didn't, when it really started I... leaning into the phenomena, I liked it less. So I would say to play devil's advocate, because I agree with you, but to play devil's advocate, mm-hmm. we don't know how long, they they are picking up at the point in time right before it all ends. So the family or these people have kind of, if not dealt with the trauma, accepted this is going to happen mm-hmm. to the best of their ability. But no matter how much you've accepted that, mm-hmm. five minutes before it all ends, you're going to freak out. You know, yeah, the day before it ends, nerves are going to fray and things are, I think we're supposed to be feeling that whiplash with them. Because mm-hmm. at the one hand, they are trying to have a normal, as normal Christmas as possible. They're exchanging gifts and eating dinner and playing drunken games and dancing where, you know, the clock is ticking. Like, I think you're supposed to have that whiplash. But yeah. I get it because I am with you, too. When it leaned more into the phenomena, I was less interested. But mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I liked it overall. Like, I... It did make me think for a while throughout the world. Because like, I watched it this morning at work. I was like, what would I have done? Right. <laughs> I don't know what well, I would sure. have done. That's what you're supposed to do. I'd almost want somebody to give me the pill without knowing. Because I couldn't swallow that pill on my own. I'd almost want someone to give <laughs> oh. it to me without knowing. Like put like a dog, you know, roll it up in your food. And then like, I don't know what's in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was not funny, but it was funny. Right. When as soon as they see art the two twin boys like pop that thing in their mouth and take it about as fast as they could. And the two parents like also do that as well. So it's, it's partially playing for comedy, but it's, I mean, it is a dark comedy. There were some pretty funny moments in those. Well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. There were like, there were, I like the British comedy aspect of it as well. Right. A little edgier and, I mean, this had to be, this movie, the premise alone, had to be British. Just like Anna and the Apocalypse did, right? Because the British yeah. are known for their darker comedy, whereas yeah. Americans don't get that dark with their comedy. So I think the tone would have been completely imbalanced in America. Yeah. America would have been either really dark or really funny, like almost spoofy. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So, Julie, you brought up an interesting question earlier that I'm going to mm-hmm. pose to you guys. Is it a Christmas movie? Is it set at Christmas? Why did it have to be set at Christmas if it's the latter? So whoever wants to take I, this first. It's it's not a Christmas movie. It's set at Christmas and it doesn't have to be at Christmas. It's just so co I mean, they could have done that they knew that the the fog the smoke fog, the whatever was supposed to be there the next day. Could have been anytime. This could have happened on the fourth of July, although that wouldn't mean much for the British. Uh, could have happened on Canadian Thanksgiving. I think I fall right about the same place that, but I'll add a little caveat to it. Um, I 
don't think it's a Christmas movie. I think it's a movie set at Christmas. I think they could have manufactured any get together moment and have it translate about as well. Um, just because like you throw a bunch of people together for an end of the world hurrah. And I could see them saying, we're going to eat, we're going to play games. We're going to sit around and talk and we're going to drink together and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, however, Christmas is the best choice because of how Christmas magnifies situations anyway. Right. So like the extra stress we get with Nell trying to provide this perfect experience makes more sense on Christmas than it does any other holiday or non-holiday just get together. Right. And then like this importance of family togetherness is more of a Christmas thing than it is any other holiday. Um, so it makes the most sense to set it at Christmas. Um, I loved some of the images of like the Christmas tree in the background when they're talking through some stuff and this house is just dead gorgeous. gorgeous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the lighting is so great. And the red room, you know, when they're eating dinner, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. Um, so it makes the most sense at Christmas, but it's not a Christmas movie. Yeah, I'm going to agree with Julia because she added the caveat. Christmas definitely amplified the drama, the natural drama that comes at Christmas, amplified this other story they were trying to tell and making it the best time to set it. I mean, just like a lot of these horror movies we see, right? Like Anna and the Apocalypse worked at Christmas for similar reasons, right? The horror, like zombies and commercialism you know whatever um i mean krampus is a christmas figure so it had to be sick that was was a joke (laughs) um but yeah to your point it looked it was gorgeous when they focused on the christmas elements and i would even say they did a good job of sprinkling christmas music throughout more than i thought they would yeah they had good christmas music in it so yeah and i kind of liked the they used that same Michael Bublé song at the end that they used at the beginning when everyone was happy, and then they used it at the end when you're panning through and seeing everyone dead. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a nice choice. Yep. But no, I I liked it. Um, I'd watch it again. I don't know if this probably won't make my Christmas rotation like in December, you know, with Elf and the Santa Claus and all that stuff. But bit of a downer. <laughs> October, November, you know, I'd watch any other yep. time of the year. Yeah, I liked it. You gonna watch it for Easter weekend? I mean, he does come back to life at the end. <laughs> it's sometime later because, like, it snows. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Man, mists are horrifying in horror movies. By the way, just maybe oh, think of yeah. Stephen King's The Mist. Yeah, there's something the in the vibe. mist. <laughs> I think that's what I was so terrified was going to happen was that they were going to make this decision and then a minute later you realize no we're all saved you know the <laughs> awful terrible yeah. dad choice in the mist that still messes with me but that's a fantastic ending though oh man it's brutal it is brutal, <laughs> brutal but it's ending. supposed to be <laughs> and this one was brutal too right watching it as a a mom was rough mm-hmm. or as any parent but um I liked it. I don't know that I'll ever watch it again. We'll Would you see. turn it off if it was on AMC and you were flipping no, through No, probably not. Probably wouldn't turn it off. But like my Marty would hate this movie like a lot because he hates end of the world stuff. I would have to ask myself why I'm watching AMC. AMC is good content. 
with AMC. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So did it have a Linus moment? No. Nope. I don't think so. Uh I bet kid who didn't take the pill had a pretty big uh <laughs> <laughs> Kind of if we, if we had gone on for five more minutes, he would have realized the importance of family. And uh, in his, in I mean, technically, that extra pill is probably lying around. If everyone who loves is dead, he could take it if he changed his mind when he woke up. I thought what was going to happen was um, Bella was was going to realize that Art was already dead, and so she was going to get that and give it to her wife oh yeah I've, yeah and i kept I like waiting that. for that to happen and it didn't and i'm like i'm probably overthinking it well i thought lily depp's character sophie was also mm-hmm. not going to take the pill and then it would have been her and art alive at the end i don't know i'm never gonna i'm never gonna try to guilt somebody into killing themselves that just feels that's not love is it is it that's feels... the question that's what this movie makes you ask well for that doc for the doctor it was because he only saw one possible outcome but Right. I really, I really like the questions that Art was asking. What if one person made a mistake? What if? Yeah. Well, the scientists made know. a mistake. Yeah, that's what he literally says. And apparently, I, they did. Which is true. I see. I this is why I like the movie a lot because it did pose questions like that, and I love media that poses questions like that. This one definitely does that. And that's why. That's why I love. We were just referencing it. Stephen King's a mist because. Mm-hmm. in that moment in the car you're thinking of okay you know, i make that same choice like and then have that tragic ending right after you know because that choice. is that is a logical choice in that moment with all the information they have knowing what happens when they exit the car you know like i i love yeah. stuff like that yeah so i don't love it <laughs> it <laughs> challenges me i don't love that struggle but i also like love the struggle so like i I fully appreciate how movies like this are successful um (laughs) but i spiral and then like so i'll be thinking about this movie for like days now and i don't love a movie having that hold over me really (laughs) it makes me very uncomfortable personally (laughs) but um but this is one of those that will do that now we get to the favorite part of our podcast where we rank it so julia ladies first um i'm gonna give this one i'll probably come in at a five intentionally being not christmas but also not really not christmas right or not really christmas so it falls in the middle i think as far as a movie a production goes it should rank higher than that but i can't put it higher on that higher than that on my list about you tom two two so before I give mine, what was it that you didn't like? Was it just you were not expecting something so dark and bleak today? Like in a different what? mindset, could you have enjoyed it more if you knew going in more what it was? I don't know. I'm fickle. You fickle. I, it, it just didn't. It just didn't do it for me. Um, I I had a real problem with all of the adults just buying the narrative. I didn't find that believable. There wasn't enough doubt. I think to Anthony's credit on that one, if we had had a longer runway of how long they've known about it, that might feel a little more acceptable, right? But like, they don't give us, they really don't give us any background information at all, which I like that it unfolded as we were watching because I I can respect a movie that can carry that off Mm -hmm. well. 
them. Hey. Yeah. But yeah, let me get that. Julia, you're sitting there with mm-hmm. your kids looking at them. You have a pill for them to go off themselves with. You don't think there's any moment where you and Marty are going to have that conversation before you, uh, the kiddos? Well, that's what, I mean, we totally would, but I think what they're setting up in the movie is that they've had that conversation for months and months and months and months. Like when they've we're, been when conversating we're, about it and now we're finally here. I'm just, I'm, maybe it's just because of who I am. I, I've been known to beat a dead horse. You? <laughs> and to drag out conversations far too long. No. <laughs> I don't I don't see that fitting into the black comedy that they set up with the rest of the movie. That's fair. And it was this was can we say this was a nice and tidy 90 minutes and I'm so appreciative of that. I love when movies yeah. I love that that's becoming yeah. popular again with movies. Renfield was only 90 minutes. Like a lot of the movies yeah. of the last week were only 90 minutes and yeah, make movies 90 minutes again. Yeah. But like I said listeners Tom, Julia, I'm saying it on mic for the world to hear. Wherever in this situation, just take the pill, wrap it in a piece of like prosciutto or something, and just give it to me like I'm a dog, because that's the only way I'm taking that pill. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm giving this a six for the same reason Julia gave it a five. It's not Christmas, but it is also not not Christmas. It deserves higher, but I can't give it a higher. So that's my go-to number for movies where it's like, mm-hmm. you know, I like them, but they're not Christmas. So mm-hmm. that gives us an average of 4.3. So. I could see it. I mean, I listeners, if you're, I could see, I could see listeners really liking this movie. Yeah. I don't want to crap all over it or say anything bad. It's just wasn't my my cup of tea and it could have been very well could have very well been my mindset where can listeners let us know what they think though of this film we do have a mailbox that you can send your carrier pigeon to or if it's easier you can hit us up at linktree.com slash tis the podcast where you will find links to our facebook group our facebook page our twitter our subreddit and our patreon where for as little as a dollar a month you can get bonus content like what you heard last week more regularly i just want to point out this is exactly why tom is the worst he mentioned carrier pigeon but he could have easily mentioned owl because he spent 10 minutes talking about harry potter at the very beginning but i don't know anybody who actually uses owls i have trained carrier (laughs) pigeons before so you can also we love itunes reviews we don't get them enough and we should yeah a lot of you haven't written them because we see our numbers every week so a lot of you listen but don't write reviews um please write us a review it really helps new listeners find us um it helps the show in a free way um and i wanted to read this one review that's back from february but we haven't checked reviews in a while because we don't get them often so if you send more reviews you'll get more feedback like this (laughs) but was written by swimsuit They gave us five stars. They titled this review, Listened to Three Years in Two Months. Commitment. What? (laughs) I'm already already feeling happy. They wrote, (laughs) I love this show. I found this podcast about five years too late and started listening the first Christmas season after my dad passed. 
provided the most cherry distraction and kept my mind from spiraling into grief when I was doing mindless tasks. I now have strong feelings about Christmas and Hollis. I'm engaged in a debate with my mom about whether or not It's a Wonderful Life is a Christmas movie. And I've added Arthur Christmas to my Christmas canon. It's clear the hosts do this podcast purely out of a love for Christmas, which makes it an even more fun listen. The podcast has brought me such joy, and I cannot recommend it enough. Although I will say, my mom was personally offended by the takes on One Magic Christmas and Anthony's ranking of White Christmas. I love that. Uh, Swimsuit, that was so nice. We are sorry about your dad and... Glad we were able to help you in whatever way we could via our episodes. Um, yeah, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking the time out to write to us. We love that. Yeah, it was so nice. Thank you so much. And we love when people like can tell we do this purely because we love Christmas. We're not doing it for the downloads or like to be famous here. We're doing it. We said in episode one, even if we got like two listeners a week, we'd be doing this just to chat every week. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a great review from my friend Mandy Gross this past Christmas season. I really love this podcast for the awesome Christmas vibes it brings, but being a Halloween lover, I also appreciate they embrace that holiday as well. It's always fun hearing about a new movie I may not have seen and adding it to my watch list. Oh, love that. Decourt81 wrote, I appreciate this podcast for keeping Christmas alive all year round. I love talk radio and even more when talking Christmas, Christmas movies, etc. Keep it we got a, another review from The Real Kid Ugly, who started it out on a low note saying downhill. Womp womp. Uh, I really used to enjoy this podcast, but lately it has just gone downhill. They have two really great hosts and one unfortunate one. He always brings up politics anymore and just complains like the pretentious snob he seems to be. Be better, guys. Maybe just drop the dead weight. Thank you, Real Kid Ugly. <laughs> And then there was one more I wanted to read, and that was from Phil Cast Movies, who wrote, This show continues to keep me in the holiday spirit all year round. Hilarious and passion field. Tis the perfect show to sit back, have a cup of eggnog or pumpkin spice, and listen to this three incredible trio talk all things Christmas and more. So thanks, Phil. Check out Phil's podcast, uh, Phil at the Movies. And he has another one with somebody awesome on this show called DC Unlimited, where we cover all DC movie news every few weeks. <laughs> Also, I want to do a podcast plug. I just discovered it a few weeks ago. It's been going for a few years, though. It's called Ruined with Allison Levy and Hallie Kiefer. And if you all like horror movies or Halloween, you should check it out. It's two female friends. One of them's a big fan of horror movies. One isn't. She's too scared to watch them. So every episode, they cover a different horror movie with one friend having only watched the trailer and then the other friend walking her through the plot of the movie while the, oh. one who while the one who hasn't watched it is trying to guess the plot twists and things as it go along and it's really fun so check it oh, out that's it's super ruined. fun yeah oh, i love that ruined okay speaking of super fun um heads up y'all the next few weeks we are going to maybe on hiatus may not we've kind of earned that right six years in uh may is a pretty the next few weeks are pretty busy for julia she has a high school senior who is graduating and has all these senior events which is crazy crazy so the next few weeks we may be off we may not but the next movie we are covering for sure is Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. 
if y'all remember that from all the airtime it got on Freeform slash ABC Family back in the day. And then <laughs> after that, a Dennis the Menace Christmas. So Ooh, good stuff coming up. Yeah. Also exciting. We only have 5,880 hours until Christmas. That's 245 days. That's 32 weeks. Want to guess again? 34. 36. Mm. 35. <laughs> 35. 35 weeks. <laughs> uh, so do your homework. Part of the episode. <laughs> do your homework, y'all. Watch Richie Rich's Christmas Wish. And we will speak to you, if not next week, in another two weeks or three weeks. <laughs> I don't know. May May is obviously going to be sparse, y'all. So just uh, throwing that out there. So thank you for your patience. But it just means when we come back in June for Leon Day and Christmas in July, we'll have bonus stuff. So bye. Bye, y'all. You put the brandy baby dress the tree I got the table looking Christmassy Wrapped up presents Lit all the lights up, it's true What can be wrong with all this right? Somebody's light is not so bright One thing here could use some cheer And that's because everyone you know and everyone you don't Are wearing Christmas sweaters so it's crazy that you won't I Put your Christmas sweater on, it's got to be done The uglier the better, hun, don't be the only one You light up everybody's faces you know the time has come Sweet.